Lauren, I cannot believe how close to Christmas it's getting. Have you started to think about what presents you're going to buy people yet? I have actually, because I fall in a little bit in love with mouse and grapes, cheese and wine hampers after we enjoyed hours on our cosy little night away. Oh my God, great shout. They had so much in them. I mean, two full bottles of wine for a start. And it's such a fun way to try different cheeses. I hadn't even heard of some of the ones in the hamper and they were so delicious. Especially when paired with the crackers and chutney. But do you know what I love most about the hampers? It's that Mouse and Grapes got quite a range of them and they all feel super luxurious in their gorgeous packaging, but they're all at different price points. Excellent point, Jess. But my favourite thing is the little pairing booklet and the pencil that comes with. It turns the hamper into a real experience, I think, and it gives you the chance to learn about what you're eating and drinking and just really appreciate it. Plus, it's a great way to make it into a fun little social activity for the festive period too. Yes, I love doing that with you. Okay, so listeners, please do check out www.mouseandgrape.com when thinking about Christmas gifts this year. It's a definite reco from us. Welcome to Book Recos Between the Pages. I'm Jess. And I'm Lauren. And we're the pals behind Book Recos. This is the podcast where we chat all things books and just about everything in between. Pandora Sykes, writer, podcaster, journalist, one of our five women, has edited a new book called What Writers Read, which is a collection of mini essays from 35 writers about their favourite books. It is so lovely. If you're a fan of Dolly Alderton, Marion Keyes, Monica Ali, Alif Shafak, Paris Lees, Caleb Azuma Nelson, then this is one for you. Hello, Laura. Oh, hello, Lauren. <laughs> I was going to say, how are you? Because last time I saw you, we were eight cocktails down, but maybe you're not so good. <laughs> I think it was the eight cocktails down that's done it, Jess. Thought oh. I could just sneak in a quick cough before we... <laughs> <laughs> um, how are you? Were you hungover on Sunday? Was No, do you know what? I wasn't because I I was hungover during the night. I kept waking up in the middle of the night needing to wee and with a banging headache Mm. but then that did mean that by Sunday morning it was gone it had passed and we were ready to crack on I was actually terrified to go to sleep yeah I I was about to to ask you I went to bed with the headache okay and just feeling very unsettled and like not a fan of how I was feeling and I was like Please don't wake up to be sick in the night. Like, please, please make it. Through. I feel like we need to give some context here for people who don't really know what we're talking about. Um, we went out on Saturday to a Mamma Mia bottomless brunch, and it was as brilliant as it sounded. <laughs> it's everything you'd have pictured it to be, just in England, not Greek, Greek island. Um but Jess has a tendency of every bottomless bun- brunch we go on, she ends up being sick. And this was the first But not in she- the, like, I go to bed yes. fine. Like, yes. absolutely fine. So smug with myself that I've had a jolly old day and I'm going to be fine. And then, like, get rudely awoken at 4am to be sick. Like, it's honestly the rudest thing. So <laughs> I was awakened. terrified to go to bed. Woke up at 8 the next morning. Good not to even go. 
not even hungover. So I was like, oh my God, we've, we've cracked the bottom of the fridge. We <laughs> know now. Not even a whisper of a hangover. Yeah. It was the Prosecco. You figured out it's Prosecco. I was like, I think you. it's the cheap Prosecco they fly you with. So yeah. instead I drank gin. And I did say that to my partner. He was like, so you're going to do bottomless gin? I was like, it does sound <laughs> crazy, but we've got to try something and we've got to, we've got to crack the system. So guys, yeah. bottomless gin is the way to go. I love how just bottomless, not doing bottomless isn't, the answer oh god the no, no. <laughs> <laughs> having self-control not not an option no um, uh, so what, what did you do what with did your you... oh, I was about to ask you the same thing oh, what did you do saying... with your Sunday yeah. that was so gloriously not spent hungover well oh, Lauren it was actually so wholesome it was raining outside oh so I just stayed in yeah I um had Gilmore Girls pretty much on all day sometimes I would break to read some books I was reading two books on the go and I also actually I started the day by using my book records reading journal because I had I've acquired some new books and there were some that I hadn't like reviewed or like added to my bookshelf or things or done on my my special genre page and I was also starting to fill out the bingo page so for anyone that hasn't got a reading journal yet, what are you doing with your lives? But there is a fun game of bingo in here where you've got to try and read a book for each category. Yeah. And I'm absolutely devastated. Why? So I finished The Winners by Frederick Backman as yeah. an audiobook. So I put it in my audiobook yeah. square. I should have put it in the part of a series square. Because I'm oh, going to listen to so many more audiobooks. Rookie, books, rookie. But, but what's my next series? What's your next series? Yeah, that's a good thing. Absolutely gutted. So now I've got to read a series. Gotta find and the best one. part of the book bingo is because you're only playing with yourself, you're gonna win. You go- you're gonna win if you read them all, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's not a time sensitive yeah. subject like when you play actual bingo. Do you remember when and we like, did bingo at brunch? That was great. Oh yeah. And like what what should your prize be when you win? You should surely books. get to buy yourself a book, right? <laughs> I think it's more books, regardless of how many is on the TBR shelf. So there's another page yeah. for like where you can write all the books on your TBR. And what I've been doing is then colouring them in when I read them, which is really yeah. satisfying. Yeah. So I can see like what's to read and what's not to read uh, or what I have read or whatever. So yeah, really recommend starting your Sunday like that. Um, if you want a reading journal, then go to bookrecos.com slash shop and they're all there. Lauren? Yes. How was your Sunday? What did you do? Mine was lovely. It was, again, rainy. I was at my parents' house in the morning and I was reading Nora Ephron's book mm. and my mum was just like, are you okay? Because I was just chuckling to myself in the yeah. corner throughout reading it. And then I was just like, I love her so much. Like her writing style is just, it just makes me so happy and it's so quirky that I just had the biggest smile on my face whilst reading it. And then my mum was like, who is she? Have you interviewed her on your podcast? I was like, um, H, she's dead. Not um, <laughs> Would love to from the grave. I like, but I was like, you know who she is. She, my mum's like, no, I don't know who she is. I'm like, she wrote when Harry met Sally. She wrote, you've got mail, whatever. And then obviously I was like, well, now I need to watch when Harry met Sally because I can't think about that film and then not watch it. Especially because there's like a little like, behind the scenes tidbit yeah. in the book so yeah I I was actually going to watch it on Sunday but Gilmore Girls just really had me on the hook yeah but I want to watch it this month after reading that bit I love it and then um, I was out on Thursday night and somebody mentioned to me when Harry met Sally 
uh, that night as well. So all of these signs were just pointing that I needed to watch when Harry met Sally. So this is like sliding doors all over again. On Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> and it is just the best film ever. Just makes you so happy. So yeah, very wholesome. Very wholesome. Well, shall we? Uh, shall we? Let We shall. Yes. <laughs> so today's book, um is by pandora sykes so pandora sykes if i mean by now you should really know who she is but she wrote how do we know we're doing it right which is an essay collection that me and lauren have uh, one of our early i think it was like our second episode even was yeah. chatting about that book um she's also got many a podcast but mostly known for the high low with dolly alderton um and she's now got another non-fiction book Yep. And can we start with the intro? Because I loved it so much. Uh, I think the intro makes sense to start with. Yes. Um, I love that Bloomsbury Publishing sent us a bookmark with our copies of the book because it has a gorgeous quote from the intro, which is they are writers because they are readers. I know when I read that, I got a bit chills. Got a yeah. bit chills. Got chills. <laughs> um, it's just so beautiful, and we should also say that the book is raising funds for the National Literacy Trust. And she talks a bit about that in the in the intro, um, because essentially lots of libraries are closing, and if we don't have young readers, then we won't have adult readers. And it's really the book is a collection into of well a glimpse of the authors that have inspired the authors of some of our favourite books, if that makes sense. Um, so as our listeners know, this is something we love to do on our podcast is ask authors what book they reco. So this was a book of recos. So true. That is such a nice way to look at it. Um, what I really loved in the intro was that she she like pictures this book being read like in little bite sizes like yeah. a bit before bed or on the loo and it made me laugh because there have been quite a few books on our podcast that we've been like this one would be perfect to like yeah. read in little bite-sized pieces like before <laughs> bed or on the loo and, <laughs> said it. and this one is like really perfect for reading like that it is it's also just a really cute little size so it's really easy for taking in your handbag to read mm. snippets whilst you're waiting for a friend or in a queue or something um Question for you, though, Jess, did you take it as a personal assault from Pandora when she wrote that this book was to be consumed, and I quote, with its pages water wrinkled and stained with peanut butter? Why would you even want that for your book? Like, I don't get it. Like, especially because this is so gorgeous and it's like got shiny gold, gorgeous picture of like flowers coming out of a book on the cover. Like, why would you dip it in peanut butter? I just like, I cannot. I cannot. I, I simply I, cannot. Love it. <laughs> I see I'm the total opposite I totally understand where she's coming from and my favorite books are slightly water wrinkled from reading them in the bath or mm. have peanut butter stains on from when I've been eating and I just think that's a sign that you've really loved a book and it's a really lovable book one of my books has my blood in it because I can't pay for oh, gross <laughs> and then I looked back and I was like there's blood in my book see that would have made you really Sad, Sad. Whereas me, I'd been like, that's <laughs> blood, sweat, and tears into reading that book. Um, okay, so today's episode, we're not going to bore you by going through every single episode. Um, it would also ruin the book. Uh, so we just thought we would discuss a few of our favourites, either because they are like one of our favourite writers or because they're writing about a book that we have loved. So I thought, shall we start with 
Monica Alley on Pride and Prejudice. I think that's a really good idea. Um, I'm also very conscious that I sound like a man in today's episode. You actually don't. Is, does it not? Okay. No, when I you said you're cold, I was like, oh, we'll be going nasal podcast. And then I joined and you and you were so fine. It's not nasally. It's just, it's more like my voice is very deep and manly and masculine, but <laughs> we, we, we move on. Um, so we'll start with Ma- Monica Alley then. And I think that's a great shout, Jess, because Jess and I both read Brick Lane by Monica Alley at A-Level, didn't we? Mm. And it was just amazing. I also read um, Love Marriage this year, which um, is another book by her, which she's recently released. And I love it even more when you get to find out what books that author was reading or drawing inspiration from at the time of writing. And Monica Alley says in her opening of uh, this piece on Pride and Prejudice, that it's a book she's read at different times in her life. And at each time she's taken something different from it based on where, at what point of her life she's in. And she said how Pride and Prejudice, um, the commentary around money, power and class were then hugely inspirational for the topics that she then explored in Love Marriage. And I can totally see that. Yes. Yes. So... Pride and Prejudice is not a reco from me. I know we're all supposed to love it, but I agree with that amazing Goodreads review of <laughs> it's just people going to other people's houses. <laughs> I really didn't vibe with it. But what I um, what stood out to me in Monica's essay is that she starts with um, the phrase, it is a truth universally acknowledged that a brilliant novel may forever be ruined by being forced to read it at school. Hmm. Um, but then she says but my first encounter with Pride and Prejudice took place in a classroom and it ignited my lifelong love affair with Austen's work Mm. which like I disagree with that universally acknowledged thing because I think every book that we've studied at school like Brick Lane for example even like I've gone on to love there is absolutely no way I would have enjoyed Great Gatsby if I read it by myself I wouldn't have appreciated all the green references and yeah I think you appreciate it so much more don't you I also wouldn't have known as much as I do about the Roaring Twenties. Like we're yeah. currently now watching Pe- Giving Peaky Blind as a second go. I'm still really not into it. <laughs> um, but wow. Because We've it, like, lost a lot of listeners from this episode because of you, Jess. Pride and Prejudice and Peaky Blinders. We could, we're about to get cancelled. Anything I, else you'd like to? <laughs> I just don't get the hype. But what I am doing is being like, it's the Roaring Twenties. Yes, motor cars were really becoming quite a thing, you know. Um, yes, there was the Prohibition. And it's all because I read Great Gatsby and, like, think I'm the guru of the 1920s. <laughs> on the tw- you're, yeah, you could be one of those, like, experts that comment on uh, TV shows with the historical advice. Yeah, that's me um, now. I totally agree with you. And the same goes for Brick Lane. I loved it so much because we got to study it at school and in great in such great detail. And some of my favourite books, like you said, are the books we read at school, like The Handmaid's yeah. Tale and The Great yes. Gatsby. They're both up there as two of three of my all-time favourite books. And it kind of makes me sad when I now read the book. That's amazing. And I don't have to dissect it after. Yes. Like, especially if it's all one. Those exactly. metaphors. And exactly. Especially when you links. know it's, yeah. Like, I just want to write an essay on it, um, but equally after doing it. I remember after graduating, I did English Lit at uni. After graduating, I was so excited to just read a book for fun again. So yeah. I think, you know, the grass is always greener. But <clears throat> I am, um, I. That's I what our journals are for, though, Lauren. 
Very true, Jessica. Maybe instead of an essay, you just pull out some common themes in the journal. Love that. And and favorite quotes, obviously, which I do anyways. Mm-hmm. But what I'm hearing from both of us is maybe we would have loved this book and appreciated it more if we'd studied at school. One hundo. Yeah. One hundo. Jane could have had my heart, as in Jane Austen. Okay. I'm going to move us on to the next one, which I'm when I saw her name on the back of the book. I You're was busy, mate. You're so other busy. Exciting. My babe and Patchett. Um, on that, I'm very pleased to report that it's November and her essay collection, These Precious Days, that I read in January, is still yeah. firmly in my top 10 books of this year. I actually want to re reread it already. Um, I'm so I've got such FOMO that I'm not on the Anne Patchett train. Join. Yeah. Grab I a ticket. Pop <laughs> on. So one way ticket to Patchettville. <laughs> um so anyway, Annie P discusses sorrow and bliss. And honestly, it's just such a fab essay and it is so Anne Patchett. What do you mean, though? What what makes it so her? What makes it so Annie P, as you say? So she, I'm actually going to read the first sentence. Um, no, I'm not going to read the first sentence. It's not the one I thought it was. But basically, <laughs> Anne Patchett um, owns a bookshop as well. And like that's a big part of who she is. Um, but what she kind of says is that like she gets sent a lot of books, not just as like, you know how like Marion Keys has got a quote on pretty much every book, right? Yeah, like on yeah. the cover. <laughs> Lots she of must people get like a pound every I need for to every know word or something <laughs> every print. And how she has the time because her own books are so long, so that takes time to write. Yeah. But anyway, so people will send Anne Patchett, the author, books to read for her quotes to go on the front of, but they will also send her books to read because she's also a bookseller. So like Double she's whammy. the ultimate person to have a quote from her on the cover of a book but then also for her to be pushing it into the hands of shoppers that yeah. visit her bookshop the ultimate influencer she's the ultimate influencer. influencer and so like it's actually quite hard for her and like she she simply could not read every book um and so she um she got sent sorrow and bliss and from the cover she was like do I really want to read something like this? Like, you know, and also it was off the back yeah. of this publisher had sent her a book already to read that she really loved and did a quote. And they were like, we also have another one that we just think you'd really like. And she was like, right. I literally just did you a favor. Yeah. So she was actually off. walk. I'm hoping this bit is a lie because I really like to think that Anne Patchett isn't someone that throws books in the bin. So I think this was like a bit of like, you know, um, making it sound a certain way. But she was on her way to throw Sorrow and Bliss in the bin. And as she walked, as she walked it to the bin, she started reading it, and then she just stopped in her driveway, carried on reading it, and then turned back inside with the book and carried on reading it. And I was like, "Oh my god, I love that!" And she was like, "It was just fucking brilliant." And then what makes it even more Anne Patchett is that she then became pen pals with um, Meg Mason because let me tell you, Anne Patchett is a friend to everybody and loves a pen pal. And this is what I learned about her from her essay collection. So um, just love that whole thing. And also highly jealous that she's like. Um, mates with mates. Meg Mason. Yeah. When we when we went to that event with her, we should have swapped addresses and become pen pals too. She is so funny. Pen pals. Can you believe we met podcast? Meg Mason? I feel like we haven't really like took time to think about how cool that is. Yeah, be cool. Be, be cool. Next, we're going to meet Anne Patchett. <laughs> <laughs> 
and I'm going to die. I'm going to die like I nearly did when we nearly met Sophie Kinsella's twin. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Lauren, over to you. (laughs) What one are you going to talk us through? I am going to talk about Sarah Collins' essay on Bridget Jones's diary. So, sorry, firstly, I've not read any of Sarah Collins' work before. She wrote The Confessions of Franny Langton, which is a gothic romance novel about, I think, a twisted love affair between a Jamaican maid and a French mistress. I've been intrigued by that one before, but I've never picked it up. Well, I kind of now want to read it, but I think it will be one of those books that on the blurb, I'm like, no, not for me. But when you actually read it, you're like, holy shit, this is great. Anyways, um, she said she read Bridget Jones in a period of her life when things just weren't going as she'd hoped they like her life was going to, you know, ha- what was going to happen to her life. And um, she was in law school when she found out she was pregnant. And she said she was doing her, oh, I can't say this word, pupillage or whatever, some like law thing. Um, and she was a single parent. And she basically shared how up until that point all of her favorite books had had these like pristine women role models very like Jane Austen vibes whereas when she read Bridget Jones Bridget's sort of like the messy heroine of her own life and it was the reminder that she needed to start embracing that sort of feeling into her own life so um it it was just brilliant she says how on paper Sarah being a Caribbean single mum doesn't have a huge amount in common with Bridget or Helen Fielding, the author, but she just says how an amazing book has the ability to forge connections with the most unlikely of people, which I totally agree with. And that's the sentiment of her essay. It was just beautiful. That is so true. Mm. And so sweet. Like I, there's, it's nice that she almost like looks up to Bridget Jones when Bridget is made to be this woman that like, yeah, like no a one looks up to. And <laughs> yeah. No one looks up to, but yeah, you need role models whose lives aren't always going perfectly or going to plan as well, don't you? Yeah, I think even reading like the little essays in this yeah, in themselves give you a new appreciation for books. Yeah, like I'm really totally. happy for Monica Alley that like Pride of Prejudice really stuck with her, and it made me reflect on the ones that I learned at school that did. Yes, P and P is for me, and that's fine. <laughs> um, okay, I think it's quite clear that we both need to discuss Dolly Alderton's one, not just yes. because we're Dolly fans, the last week's episode, but because the book she wrote about is Heartburn by Nora Ephron, who's already had some airtime <laughs> in this episode. Um, we love that book. We have an IGTV discussing it on our Insta, which was before we had a podcast we used to do that. Um, but we did also bring it to the pod in our Taste by Stanley Tucci yes. podcast episode. Um, and basically we could chat about Heartburn forever. I, I genuinely could. So we're going to have to cut it off at some point. But a quick recap. It's a 150 page book and it's based on real life events that happened to Nora Ephron and that is that her husband was having an affair while she was pregnant with their second child what a lovely lovely man Mm. and he left her so it sounds super sad but honestly it is so funny it's hilarious and it's just it's very it is heartwarming as as well as heartburning 100% and I just wish it was longer my god me too and side note I've already said but I'm loving the best of Nora Ephron at the moment I it's one of those books 
where I've just been shoving it into it's it's what you might call water wrinkled Jess because I've been shoving it into every bag trying to read it at every given moment yeah my spare time it's I think we need to give it really proper airtime like in our wrap okay 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 cool I'll, because I'll stop there's now. so stop much there. to divulge into that book there really really is it's fab anyway <laughs> back to um Dolly's Dolly's essay, essay. well what I loved about both Dolly and Nora Ephron's writing style is that they both so clearly take inspiration from their lives and incorporate it into their work with such vulnerability and humour. And we've sort of shared that in last week's episode, didn't we, about Dolly Alderton's um, recent book. And essentially the heart of Dolly's essay is that, yes, fiction is memoir and memoir is fiction, but it doesn't matter what parts are real and what parts aren't. It's the emotional like truth to the writing which stays with the reader. And Dolly, in the special way that she has with words, says on Heartburn, it will make you, it will always make me laugh, it will always make me cry, and all of the things I've tried it remains the most effective medication for heartbreak. It's very, very true. I loved that. Um, and one of the bits I wanted to pick up on in Dolly's, um, and I think, I can't remember, what, no, I think I had started reading the the um, most of or the best of Nora from whatever it's called, but then I read this one during it, which is like lovely yeah um and she says um so Nora Ephron was a newspaper reporter a screenwriter and a personal essayist and Dolly says all these particular skills layer up in the storytelling um so for example her journalistic training is channeled through her highly observant narrator her skills as a movie maker make for perfect scenes of dialogue and her ability to open up her heart and let her readers in feels intimate and precious. Like I really loved how she sort of related yeah. like what her physical job was and how it was all these different types of writing. And so yeah. like it just always makes for like such good work. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's just such a brilliant book. I had dinner with a friend last night and she asked me like what book should she go and read? And I actually just gave her about a 10 minute spiel about how she should go and by heartburn immediately and she did <laughs> so um you're right if you like the sound of Nora Ephron's work then stay tuned because we're going to talk about her in more detail in our wrap-up for this month yeah I can't wait I actually cannot but anyway <laughs> <laughs> okay um Jess have you got another one another essay you'd like to bring Yes, I would like to discuss Caleb Azuma Nelson's one about NW by Zadie Smith. So firstly, Caleb wrote the infamous Open Water, which came out, I think, last year. And again, is like less than 200 pages. It's just stunning, just so beautifully written so, and vivid so and wonderful. And like, honestly, the way he writes about NW and Zadie Smith in general is like equally as beautiful as reading Open Water. <laughs> like, I think that's yeah. just how he is. Love that. It's very like spoken wordy, his writing, isn't it? Mm. Um, is NW then the book you spoke about in the last episode, was it, where it's four narrators, each with a different writing style? Yes, it was when you were talking about White Rock or, or the Anna Hope book. Yeah. 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 Well remembered. Um, so yeah, open water. Um is not it's not like like so nw is four characters all with different writer styles open water has got two main characters but like it's the same sort of narrate narration the whole way through but mm -hmm. what i didn't realize 
or you know remember because why would you was that open water actually starts with a passage from nw so i'm going to read it now um it says there was an inevitable inevitability around their road towards one another which encouraged meandering along the route oh yeah how good like sucker punch isn't it <laughs> That is and it just like so perfectly fits the story of open water. Mm. Um, and then he talks about like actually meeting Zadie Smith and like telling her that and talks oh. about how like reading that book, like, you know, he saw himself in that book and then like he went on to read all her other books and it sort of reminded me, I was like, oh yeah, I read on beauty as well. And actually that was yeah. really enjoyable read and it was gorgeous. It was absolutely yeah. gorgeous. And, yeah, he's just so fab. <laughs> he is. I can't wait to see what he writes next because actually talking about that makes me remember open water makes me remember how much i fucking loved that book yeah it was just so beautiful so lovely and again another short one short books the way to go i didn't tell you yeah all right lauren pack a punch pack a yeah. punch your turn My what turn. is another one you want to touch on okay um last one from me is george the poet on outliers by malcolm gladwell so I've not read Outliers or any of Malcolm Gladwell's books, actually, but I know you have, Jess. Um, but I am a big, big fan of George the Poet. He's a British spoken word artist, and I think I've spoken about him on the podcast before. His podcast, um, Have You Heard George's Podcast, is amazing. If you haven't listened to it, I highly urge you to make sure that you do. He does the most amazing like socio-political commentary on what it's like growing up in London on a council estate and the interplay between crime and rap music. He also has the most moving episode on the Grenfell, tra- uh, Grenfell Tower tragedy. Um, <clears throat> and I got to work with him a few weeks ago at a work event and he's just the nicest human being. And honestly, just reading his work is like reading spoken words a bit like Caleb, like we were saying. Um, so it's a strong, strong reco from me. Um, but on to the book that he recos, which is Outliers, um, which, as I understand, is also a sociological and academic book, similar to George's work. And he says he'd reco Outliers to anyone who's unsure of their place in the world, which I thought was, I mean, what's not to love about that? <laughs> but you've read it, Jess. What were your thoughts on the actual book? So I haven't read Outliers, but I've read Talking to ah, Strangers okay. by Malcolm Gladwell, which it like looks at the miscommunication between strangers and how this can like invite conflict. So it starts by looking at the case of a woman who actually later um, was found hanged in her jail cell because she was arrested during a traffic stop. And so it like assesses that recording of the police oh. talking to her and where it all went wrong and how it led to this horrific event. And like, he kind of, he does that with lots of different examples. So one of them is about like how um, Britain misread Hitler. And then like next it goes on to talk about like the facial expressions of Ross in friends. So it's like oh my loads God. of different examples, but then like he kind of analyzes them all. Um it's, that sounds incredible. It's really good. It's like really intellectual and intellectual at times, but then mm. because it's got all these different like little case studies, you know, I love a case study. I've said that a few times. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, like it's really readable. It's actually quite attainable for like what could seem like quite a scary book to read. Mm. So yeah, unsurprising that George Pert would enjoy Malcolm Gladwell's work. Yes, does make sense. Yeah. 
And I think what I took away most from his essay is actually the power of audiobooks. Mm. Um, And he says he both, he read and listened to Malcolm Gladwell's books and they both had a very different, left a different experience on him. So I'm actually going to just quote from his essay directly. He says, with the written word, I am the filter. When I read it, I want to put the George voice on it. But if I can hear it from the author's mouth, there's a transfer of energy. It sounds a little bit hippie and flowery, but if you consider that sound is vibrational energy that lands in your ear and that the reaction of that vibration in your body is unique to your body, then it's literally and scientifically a transfer of energy. And I'd never considered that Mm. side to audiobooks before. Um, so also, you know, there's also the big debate of whether an audiobook counts as a book, and we've we've tackled this on many times in a podcast in our podcasts, um, because they absolutely do, and that's just further reason mm-hmm. that audiobooks are just magic. I love that. Thank you for pulling out that quote. That's <laughs> lovely. Um, so what you might have gathered is that this book is gorgeous and delicious and lovely and it would make such a good stocking filler for any bookworm um and it helps a charity so get on it yeah and what better than this book paired with a book records reading journal you know how cute a combo they both have some foiling on in them i'm actually i'm literally both up together to lauren on zoom what a little parcel that is and I feel like an episode is definitely needed from us to think about what book we'd have recorded for this book. Oh, God. Yeah, I know. It's well, a hard one. Have you thought about it already? I think mine would have been Great Gatsby. Oh, Because mm. I've probably read it about 10 times. And each time mm. I, I love it more. Hmm. Oh God, all right, I'm gonna think because I've just okay. I've got so many going through my head and then stay tuned. You're only allowed one. <laughs> Save the date from Friday eleventh to Sunday thirteenth of November, Stylist Live will be taking place at the Truman Brewery in Shoreditch, London. This event is always a highlight of the year for me, and they've truly outdone themselves with amazing speakers this year, including some of our faves like Pandora Sykes, Adam Kay, Bernadine Evaristo, and the receipts to name just a few. And there is a Waterstones pop-up where some of the authors will be doing signings after their talks. There's also a marketplace with over 100 indie brands. I'm particularly excited to have a browse because it will be perfect for pre-Christmas shopping. Oh, definitely. You'll be able to find everything from cult skincare brands, stackable jewellery, homewares, indie fashion, and even some tasty tipples too. And if that wasn't enough, there's also live catwalk shows curated by the stylist fashion team. If this sounds like a bit of you, then we have been given a discount code for 15% off general admission. Use code BOOKRECODES at stylist.co.uk slash tickets. We'll pop the link in the show notes too. Okay, new segment time. Wait, did we decide on a name for this oh. segment? Oh shit! Um, Reco's. I don't think we settled on Reco one. requests. Is that what we're doing? That's what it's called this week. Or is it like request a reco? <laughs> request a reco. Okay, fine. Like That's Reco-Rouch. the jingle. Okay, 
Um, anyway, <laughs> so this week's question <laughs> was from someone who is in the mood to start a new series, one that they can get really lost into and feel invested in the characters. Jess, you love a series, so take it away. Okay, my first tip would be that well, not tip that I'm jealous that you're gonna get to fill in the series box on Book Bingo that I should have. <laughs> that's that's not for me. Um, but for, like. Every time I think of a series, it's always a YA one. And yeah. I know that that's not for everyone. Um, so I'm just going to mention like some series that were the ones that popped into my head first. So obviously Gone by Michael Grant, which I talk about all the time. But if it's one that you really want to get lost in yes. and feel invested in the characters, my God, it's impossible not to. So, so, so good. Six six books that will just fly by. Again, I would say also A Good Girl's Guide to Murder by Holly Jackson is a um it's a crime series so like impossible to not get invested in like trying to solve the crimes as well yeah but what i'm going to latch onto here is the bit about feeling invested in characters and so mm-hmm. for that reason i'm going to say richard osman's thursday murder club ah you do always say the reason you love that series is because of the characters so that would make sense it's just the absolute like it's literally the best thing about the series I've seen a few people read the first one and think it's a total snooze fest and each book is better than the last and that is because you learn more about the characters or things happen to them like we learn so much about Elizabeth in the second book that is just makes her even more phenomenal yeah and then like in the third book my god like honestly I think if you want a series where you'll get really invested in the characters, this is perfect. It's also not over. He like releases one new one a year by the looks of things. So um, if you find the first one like a bit snoozy on the crime front, it's not even the point of the books. Keep reading because you're just going to be <laughs> one of the gang by the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> that is my echo. Thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed today's episode then like subscribe leave a rating and review it costs you nothing but it genuinely means the world to us and you could share our podcast with your reading buddy too if they like books they will like a book podcast and if you don't already then subscribe to our monthly newsletter in case you might miss any records on our instagram you can do that at www.bookrecords.com see you next week we'll be here